to our podcast. We are the Faith Lift Sisters, four women who love Jesus and who have committed to spending time together studying the Bible and growing in friendship with each other. We love being together and we hope that you will enjoy your time with us. All right. Hey there. We are on our last day, day four of this week of Hebrews. We are in chapter nine. We made it through the end of seven, all of eight, and now we're in nine. So Terry, let me have you just take it away. Okie dokie. Verses one through 10. Now, even the first covenant had regulations for worship and an earthly place for holiness for a tent was prepared the first section in which were the lampstand and the table and the bread of the presence, it is called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a second section called the most holy place, having the golden altar of incense and the Ark of the Covenant covered on all sides with gold, in which was a golden urn holding the manna and Aaron's staff that budded and tablets of the covenant. Above it were the cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat. Of these things we cannot now speak in detail. These preparations having been made, the priests go regularly into the first section performing their ritual duties, but into the second only the high priest goes, and he but once a year, and not without taking blood, which he offers for himself and for the unintentional sins of the people. By this, the Holy Spirit indicates that the way into the holy places is not yet open as long as the first section is still standing, which is symbolic for the present age. According to this arrangement, gifts and sacrifices are offered that cannot perfect the conscience of the worshiper, but deal only with food and drink and various washings, regulations for the body imposed until the time of reformation. I thought that was an interesting thing that um, these things that they did were not able to clear the conscience. So it wasn't even a, I mean, they, they must have had the understanding that this was just a covering of their sins. It wasn't a washing away. It was just a covering. Mm. I thought that was really very interesting. Um because I've always had kind of a guilty conscience. I mean, even when my teachers would say to me, who did that? Or they would say to the whole classroom, who did that? Even if I hadn't done it, I would think, oh, did I do that? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it was terrible. The same thing with my dad. You know, we, all of us kids would be doing something, and he would like, who touched my whatever? And I would think, oh, my gosh, did I do that? And I would know good and well I hadn't. But I just had that sort of sense of responsibility for doing something. You know what? I get that even now, and I I always have, when I am driving, 
and a yeah. police officer comes up behind me. <laughs> I get so nervous, but it's like yeah. I'm doing the speed limit. I haven't done anything wrong, but still, I think there's that little bit of fear of the authority of what could happen to me yeah. uh-huh. if this police officer decides to, I don't know, pull me over for pull some over. unknown reason. But yeah. yeah, that same thing. Oh, I, I feel yeah. guilty. So it's even weird. if they've gone through all this, you know, they've made regular sacrifices for their sins. Um, and then once a year, the high priest would go in. I thought this was interesting, too, where it said that the high priest entered the inner room and that only once a year and never without blood, which he offered for himself in this part and for mm-hmm. the sins of the people that they'd committed in ignorance. So he's yeah. not even going in for the actual sin because they've made a sin offering. When yeah. they found, thought when they knew they'd sinned, but he's going in to just make sure that if there was anything they did that they didn't know about, that they hadn't already made some kind of sin offering for, that that would take care of that. Hmm. Um, Isn't that interesting? I mean, I I think that's interesting too. The high priest goes into the holy of holies for the unintentional sins. They don't know. They don't even know what they've done. Yeah, and. I don't know. It just seems to me that going into the Holy of Holies, you think I'm taking all the big sins in there because that's, a, you know, that's where you should go. But it's it's not. It's not. Nick, yeah. very interesting. Yeah, because everybody would have taken care of their whatever sin they knew of by bringing a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just the unintentional, unknown sins mm-hmm. that he's going so- in for. Back to your earlier example, if someone would have said who did it, if I would have known you guys, I would have said Angie and Terry. <laughs> <laughs> like right away. Not knowing was, how sinful that was to blame it on someone else. I'm sure my and brother I, and sister did that once in a while. Oh, Angie did it. <laughs> right, right. But I mean, like what I knew is like, just don't point to me. Like, I don't even know if I would have been guilty. It would have been like, I'm sure it's Angie Terry, you know, or something like that. <laughs> they would have, because they, they're so responsible and they would just take all this in, you know, that way. And my, my whole MO was like, not me. Oh, it's pointing down I, the road. Right. Yeah. But so, but not knowing that that's simple, not really catching that. Cause I thought yeah. the game was more like, don't get caught. Don't get caught. <laughs> right? right. Yeah. So it's yeah. a very unintentional sin. Right. And so if I try to live my life by those principles, I'm not even realizing how simple I was. Yeah. At that point. You know, it yeah. isn't just, you know, lying about you guys, it's lying to God about what's going on. And then not even seeing my stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I see how important that is and how that really does need to be just really dealt with in the presence of God. It's not about me going, Oh, I'm sorry, Angie, sorry, Terry, you know. It's more about um, taking that to the heart of God, taking that into his presence, and then hoping that there's a change from there. And I'm not sure that that fully was happening in, in the um, in the tabernacle at the time, but when I do something like that, I can't just do quick behaviors on the outside to make up for it. I need to go to God. Yeah. I need to get in there and, and ask him to show me my ignorance. Well, sin is serious business. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, I think some, again, sometimes because we know we're forgiven, mm-hmm. um, we, we can take that for granted and not actually realize the seriousness of, of sin, how it separates us from God. Right. 
um, and that it does need to be dealt with. And when we look at the old test, you know, the old tabernacle and the old um, covenant, it was deadly serious. It was deadly serious. But yeah. what we may not realize is if we're in that and we're still sinning, it's deadly serious for us too. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. we're also extended this huge amount of grace. Yeah. And even in the old covenant, people were extended that grace through yeah. that sacrifice for the unintentional sins. Right. That's Jesus. Mm-hmm. Over and yes. over again. Yeah. I mean, I, I love looking at the tabernacle. I love the tabernacle studies. And um, I, I don't know if you guys are up for it. We didn't really talk about it before. I'm just kind of a walk through the temple to see what it kind of took for them to get in there. And just, just kind of what we know. It's not particularly in the study, but just um, first it, it's just what we want you to do is imagine a rectangle. And then inside that is a smaller rectangle. Like that's about a third of it. And then inside that smaller rectangle, it's, it's broken up again into thirds. Two thirds of it is called the holy place and one third is the holy of holies. Let's back up again. Let's say we come to the entrance. Do we get to go in? No. We don't get to go in. We're women. Right? <laughs> we, we, women don't go, go into the right. outer court. We had an outer court. We're in the outer court, right. Yeah. But yeah. we don't get to go into this inner court where the sacrifices are happening. Nope. Um, if we're, we're also not Jewish. <laughs> yeah, so there was another strike against court. us. Yeah. Another strike, right, yeah. right. Um, so, and so who was in that, um, the, um, in the court, who were the people, what were they doing in there? What were some of the things that were going on? Well, right after you came in was the offering, the altar. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that the sacrifices are not made inside the, um, the holy place or the most holy place. They're made outside that. Mm -hmm. So all of the men would have been allowed in to see those sacrifices being made, right? Right. Right. By the um, Levite, right? Mm -hmm. And only the Levites were handling the sacrifices. Mm -hmm. So you, as a, as a Jewish man, mm -hmm. you brought the sacrifice. Brought your sacrifice. Gave it to the, the Levite priest mm -hmm. who then made the sacrifice for On you. your behalf. Mm -hmm. Well, who got, got the blood mm -hmm. and then took it up into the holy place, right? For that um, priest to offer that blood for the sin, your sins. But that was only the once a year that the high priest took the blood into the holy of holies. Right. Right. So you I will. Thought, uh, I you was would, confused then. I thought the priest took it into the holy place. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it would oh, like start as a burnt offering, them. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And that was like in the inner courtyard. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that was like but for the everyday, all the things. And offerings or gifts. Yeah. And then, right. and then from there into the holy place, was that every day? That was every day also, right? But not so. all the time. 
I would think so. I, I don't know. But I would think that was the more common one for it to go, like you were right, Terry, when you were saying the Holy of Holies. I'm sorry, the Holy Place mm -hmm. into that first. So when we're looking at those rectangles, they're operating within the rectangle. That's where the offerings are happening. And then when they go to the smaller rectangle, that part that's a little bit bigger is called the Holy Place. And that's where you were saying, Terry, it's like more common, more commonly sacrificed, more common um, rituals, the incense altar, the lampstand were there. Um, that's where um, more sacrifices. And um, I think common rituals took place. And then Angie was saying only once a year, though, would the high priest go into the Holy Holies. Um, Holy of Holies, I'm sorry where the presence of God was, and the Ark of the Covenant was there. Fun trivia question, what's in the Ark? Ooh, I love what's in the Ark. Yeah, yeah. What's in the Ark? My favorite thing in the Ark is Aaron's rod. Yeah. Really? His staff, yeah, because it was just a staff when yeah. um, God was showing Moses who, who was going to be the priest, the line of priests, and he had every chief from every tribe come, plus Aaron, bring his staff, and God put, and they and they put all the staffs together. They were just sticks, right? Yeah, just, just dead sticks. sticks. Yeah. And they all brought their things and had their name on it, and whichever one um, budded by the next morning, whichever one had buds on it, that was going to be the high new new priest line, and so Aaron's not only budded, it blossomed, it bloomed, and it had ripe almonds on it overnight. I mean, hello, <laughs> there's no guesswork here. Yeah, <laughs> not only did you get a bud, you got full fruit. I mean. Wow. It's just God saying, this is it. This is my guy. This yeah. is the line. Make no mistake about it. Mm -hmm. I just love that. He's so clear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know, full. I don't know. I can't. It just. Just liked all that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so okay. And then the other thing that was in was there was the manna. A jar of manna. Jar of manna. Which that's an interesting thing, too, in that, you know, the Israelites were told, whatever you gather, you have to eat. Mm -hmm. You can't leave anything left over because if you do, it'll be rotten the next day. But not this jar of manna. Right. You know, it stays um, healthy, I guess is the right, right. word to use, um, inside the ark in that jar. Mm -hmm. So, And then the, the tablets. Right. The Ten Commandments. Stone tablets are in there. Which I, I just think of that as like the very word of God. His law. Um, but the word of God. And then the manna is the faithfulness of God. And then the rod represents the fullness of God. Yeah. And the completion too. It sounded like, you know, when you were talking, Terry, like that completion of his promises or his clarity i loved when you said the clarity i'm like yeah not just fun we've got it yeah yeah and then what sits on top is the very presence of god this is the mercy seat the lid of the ark of the covenant so god's presence is above all of that mm -hmm. and um, this is where the smoke was um 
the incense smoke was there and God would be in the smoke so that he, so that whoever the high priest was, they were protected. Right. And this is, so the Holy of Holies, again, is separating when we're talking about that little rectangle, that one third, what separated them was a veil. And that was for the protection of the people. And not a veil. Like when I think of a veil, I think about, you know, like curtain. a curtain or a woman who has a thing around her head and then a veil across her face. Yeah. A, a very sheer, thin little thing. You can kind of see through it a little bit and it's kind of enticing. No way. This is thick, thick, yes. thick. And you cannot see through it. There's no... I mean, there's no weather can get into it. No wind can blow that curtain. It's it's very protective. And, I mean, dark. It's dark in there. Yeah. And I just think point. of the beauty that God also surrounds himself with. The gold, everything covered in gold. And um, just made exactly to his specifications and... Some of it is hammered gold. So, you know, it has those little indentations. And hmm, I can't how... picture heaven, but I can picture <laughs> the holy of holies. Yeah. And if you, like, if you want to know, if you want to understand a little bit better, there are great maps on the internet. You can just Google what a, um, like the, the temple would have looked like, the tabernacle yeah. would have looked like. Um, a lot of Bibles actually will have charts and graphs and kind of um, illustrations about this too. So if we're confusing you, <laughs> um, do some extra little bit of, um, spend a couple extra little minutes and maybe dig down into the Bible somewhere uh, in the Old Testament, especially, um, or like look it up online because there's lots of great maps and illustrations for this because God was very specific very specific about how things were to be laid out. So there's no question <laughs> mm -hmm. as to the accuracy of the depictions. One thing that surprised me was the size of the, the holy place, including the, you know, the holy place and the holy of holies. It's not that big. Mm -mm. It's mm -mm. like mm -mm. 45 feet by 15 by 30 or something. And the, the Holy of Holies is a 15 by 15 foot room. And I don't know why. My, I thought it would be bigger. Bigger. Because it contains God. Like, right. <laughs> maybe that's why we feel like it should it, be bigger. It could be it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Terry, I had never thought about it being dark until you said that. But... I guess I thought, well, if, if the Lord's presence was there, the glory of the Lord would have illuminated the most holy place. But the lampstand is out in the holy yeah. mm -hmm. place, not back in the in the most holy place. Mm -hmm. oh. Yeah, at first I thought dark. Now it's like you make a mistake, you, the bells jingle, the foot gets pulled, or all these things. Like, that just doesn't feel fair. But when you're in the... <laughs> yeah, stumbling around in the dark. Right. And I'm like, that's not good. But then it's like, when you have God's glory there, that's where yeah. um, you have all the light that you need. Yeah. And if you have all of these, um, like the, if the ark is covered in gold, 
and some of it's hammered, like you were talking about, yeah. Terry. Like, think of how the light would, would reflect and bounce off of that, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be gorgeous. Because and the, radiant. Yeah. the facets of jewels, because we know, I don't think the Ark, I don't think, had jewels, right? But, like, in the holy place, there were jewels on some of the stands, like the lamp stands, right? Stand. Had some jewels and things like that. So that would have even helped to bounce some of that around. Such a cool thing to think about. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Isn't it kind of cool too? Like just even that I like kind of going off, but like the, the jewels and how we're like me personally, I'm drawn to sparkly. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, it's just like, I'm like, Oh wow. It'll catch my eye or something, but just that light or how that light gets played or. Do you remember on the, the priest had his ephod with all the jewels mm-hmm. representing that's the tribes true. of Israel on his, on his chest. Mm-hmm. Do you think well, that's, that's why we use stained glass in so many chapels and, and churches? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure why, but I think that would be so beautiful. That is really a beautiful. Hmm. <laughs> my, my grandson, they have a light table with a bunch of gems. On it, and that's how they're learning how to mix colors. Green, he's he's in preschool. Well, he just loves them, so he takes them over to his creation. And when they they go to the light box, they're like, where did all the gems go? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, we'll go look at his creations. <laughs> and they're there. <laughs> and that's how they know that they need them. <laughs> but I don't think you're allowed to do that in the new co- in the tabernacle at all. But this this was... I, I love how a, a part of what I love about this is approaching God himself. We enter into the presence. We sacrifice. We say, wow, God, this is, um, I need to sacrifice my will to, to get it my way, to have it be my way to, you know, however that looks, whatever sin we're looking at. And then we can go on behalf and other people. We can go talk to the Holy of Holies, but ultimately we need to go to the holy place, like moving closer, even that to God and approach him and um, get forgiveness for that sin. And even for the ignorance of our sin, like to mm-hmm. have a complete healing is we need to be in the presence of God for that. I, to me, a tabernacle has so much in it, so much symbolism. You know? Well, verse, verse 9 very clearly says, this is an illustration for the present time indicating that the gifts and sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshiper. So it very clearly is like, hey, this is this is just a placeholder. Right. And this is just an illustration for what's to come. So again, it's the, the external versus the internal that we've been talking about. Um, and it's, it's just real clear. Like this is, this is not the ultimate here. Yeah, I mean, they had to travel to these. Mm-hmm. They weren't there in their backyard. This isn't something that happened all, you know, all. The, it did in that place, but it wasn't in every, all around. All yeah. The place. It wasn't yeah. the permanent and forever like we have with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So The only, one thing I did think about, though, was the idea of, of getting into the presence of God Um you know, maybe it did help the Jews because they they knew they couldn't just go, right, without 
a mediator without a priest or a high priest. So maybe in, you know, this is a little bit of a picture that, you know, we need Jesus, our high priest, in the same way that they needed their high priest to enter into the presence of God. Um, so I kind of, I, I sort hmm. of thought that was a good um, illustration mm -hmm. um, that we we would never be able to just get into God's presence on our own. We, we need right. to go through Jesus, our high priest right. to get there. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's a great way to, to finish this out this week too, mm -hmm. because that's really what it's all comes down to. Yeah. So I'll pray for us. Okay. Okay. Jesus, thank you for, um, being the high priest, thank you for standing in that gap so that we can enter into the presence of God. Thank you that we don't have to wear the bells and have the rope, um, God, that you have stood in that place, Jesus, um, so that we can boldly approach your throne and enter into the Holy of Holies. Um, and it's through the sacrifice of Jesus. And we just thank you. Thank you for being so specific as to what we can expect on earth and to know that it's just a placeholder until we are able to get to heaven, Lord. Um, and um, I just, I love clarity. Clarity is kindness in so many ways, God. And you are just clear, clear, clear about how um, as men, we fall short as the appointed high priests, um, they die and they pass on and things just keep turning over and over. And you have created a new covenant that doesn't end um, through Jesus and that it will never die. It is permanent and forever. And um, I just thank you for that. I thank you for the privilege of being able to have perspective of what it was like in the old covenant and the privilege to live under the new covenant. Um, and I just pray that we would remember that um, as we go through, Lord, that you are the high priest, that um, we can come to you and that we don't have to make the sacrifices. We don't live under the old law. There are consequences for our, um, our actions, but there is grace through you. And I just pray that we would remember that um, and that we would live that and that we would show that to others as we go about our days. And I just praise you and thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And cut. <laughs> 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 <laughs>